You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment. It's been an inflation-inspired week, Wayne, and you've been very yes. good at inflation because you predict that in 2023, which uh, we're nearly two months into, it would fall not precipitously, but quite fast. Let's start with the top inflation number, and that's in the United Kingdom, 10.1% year on year for the month of January. Then you've got the United States of America, 6.4%. And I think South Africa came out as well with a 6.9% print. So the UK running away, I don't know if it's to do with Brexit or whatever it is, or demand patterns, but the rates are coming down, but they're not coming down maybe as much as you want them to, Wayne. Now, remember, I've always said that they only start coming down strongly from about April because that's the base effect. Okay. That's when the true base effects kick in, especially on commodities and oil, which went up sharply and then peaked in April. So we're going to see inflation probably stay relatively stable, maybe fall a little bit in the major economies until April, May. Then it starts to fall quite quite strongly. And I think that's that that's the key. And we'll and, and you know we'll we'll see. There's there's no ways, in my view, that the economies can and demand and economies can just carry on powering ahead, not talking about South Africa, but it can carry on powering ahead with forty year high inflation and the sharpest increase as a percentage in interest rates in recorded history. I mean, interest rates have never gone up so much from such a low base ever before. There's no ways there's not an economic slowdown which will dampen demand and reduce inflation. There's just no ways. There's... Like that jobs report two months, two weeks ago. Yes. That was crazy. I think it's going to be revised down. It's going to be restated. And the next jobs report will be a lot more real, a lot more reflective of the actual underlying economy because the economy in the u.s is slowing down well you say that but it has to it has to with these high interest rates in it but you've you've said this before wayne but i don't see it slowing down at all i see uh, massive jobs growth i see a steady gdp growth i see pmi both services and manufacturing well above 50. i don't know where you see that it's slowing down unless you're somebody that is going to the supermarket interest rate yeah. Interest rates work. High Eventually. Interest rates work. Mm. It squeezes the consumer. It just does. And and that and that brings down demand, which brings down inflation. Forget about all the other base effects and the falling commodity prices and falling food prices, etc. I mean, you've got the sharpest you've got the highest inflation in forty years. Yes. You've got the sharpest increase in interest rate in recorded history. The economy doesn't just power along under those circumstances. It doesn't. But there's there going to be a lag, There will be, there has to be some slowdown. There might be a lag, but there has to be some slowdown. Yeah, and as I've said before, this clever chap, his number one on the top of his recession predicting list is jobless claims starting to rise. And they're not at the moment, but he does concede not the that moment, there no. will be, by the end of the year or in the first quarter of next year, 2024, there will be a recession. Okay, so we got that. The other thing that you're very good at, Wayne, is the RAND. You say, well, 
Here it is at 1801 against the US dollar. If you look at the yep. long term mean, it should be, you'll probably say 1650 to 1675, something like that. Please yeah, tell me about the Rand. Probably below 16, actually. Really? Below 16. Yeah. Yeah. This is what the Rand does. The Rand only spends about 30% of its time trading more or less around fair value. So it spends 70% of this time either too cheap or too expensive. And we, and we forget the RAND on, on many occasions has actually been too expensive. And it does it, and it stays there for a year or two, but it always reverts back to the mean. So now we What's the mean on now? the weak side. Well, the mean now is about 16. You know, the, the fair value range. It's about 16. So now we're sitting at 18, and... I just plead with everyone listening into this, don't panic because every time the RAND has done it on numerous occasions, it's bombed out. It's gone to 18 or 19 against the dollar and people panic and they take money overseas. And the next thing they look, I mean, not that long ago, the RAND, literally not that long ago, the RAND was 1350 here. You know, so yes, that's the right. RAND might stay weak. It might go to 19. Who knows? But it will eventually, within a year or two, revert back to its fair value range, which is 60 at the moment. At the moment. That does weaken over time. Eh? The one thing that confuses me about the RAND is that, okay, it's a long-term bear market for the RAND against, for example, the US dollar, and that's because of inflation yes. and interest rate differentials. Many reasons. But the inflation yeah. and interest rate differentials are not that different that's, anymore. Well, so why is it still no, weakening? They, is, it, is it local risk? Is that what it is? Look, the RAND going to, going to 18 now yes. is a combination of factors. Number one, the RAND is worried about further material hikes in U.S. interest rates on the back of the jobs number and the back of this inflation number. So it's saying this isn't the peak in U.S. interest rates. And when U.S. rates go up, the dollar strengthens, so the RAND weakens. That's the first thing. The second thing the RAND's worried about is an economic slowdown and the effect it's going to have on commodity prices. You know, if there's an economic slowdown, commodity prices will come off. I mean, we've seen... On the back of higher interest rates, oil oil already falling from, you know, 120 to 80, 85, wherever it is now. Food prices have come off. High interest rates have a negative economic effect, and a negative economic effect means a negative effect on commodity prices, and a negative effect on the commodity prices for a commodity exporting country like South Africa is your currency weakens. Yes. It, so it, it, and then and then the and then the and by the way, third or fourth order of importance is then what happens in South Africa, and people often are often get quite aggressive uh, comments that I'm so wrong, I'm so positive on South Africa. We all know why the rand's weakening, and I get this every single time, but the rand is driven over time only by two factors one is the inflation differentials between ourselves and our major trade trading partners yes and the second one is where we are in the commodity cycle so let's go back to everything that we know in south africa let's just talk south africa now okay when zuma fired 
Pravin and put Desmond in, the RAND absolutely collapsed. And it will be affected in the shorter term by domestic things. But that, of course, happened to coincide with the absolute bottom of the commodity cycle. That's when the commodity companies almost went bankrupt because they had spent so much money and there was so much new supply coming on into a very subdued demand environment and prices absolutely collapsed. Then when Desmond was kicked out and they put Nene in, I mean, Zuma was forced to put Nene in, you know, the next stop, I think the RAND got to 1850 there or 1750. It actually went to overnight, I think it touched something like 1920. It was a horrible, horrible 24 hours. Yeah, and then the next stop was 1350 as the commodity cycle recovered. So the RAND is driven over the long term by inflation differentials, over the medium term by the commodity cycle, and over the very short term with actually very little lasting influences, domestic considerations. And I've, I've, I mean, I've studied this for decades, and that's how the RAND works. But of course, you only get the massive queries when it hits 18 or 19. Oh, it's load shedding. Oh, it's this. It's, it's South Africa. It's not. It's not. It's the inflation differentials. And in the short, in the medium term, the commodity cycle, and the RAND's worried about a commodity downturn because of an economic slowdown. Yes, but now, when if you, there is no economic slowdown, the RAND will strengthen significantly. Eh? You can talk about inflation differentials, and in the past, it's always been emerging market economies the have, flat, yeah. have higher inflation rates than the developed world. At the moment, the South African yes. and the US inflation rate is more or less the same thing, whether it be more core or inflation. In words, exactly. I mean, in the UK, obviously, that's that's out of control. And I think Brexit yeah, has got UK a little bit to do yes. with that. But the point is that you're saying inflation differentials are important. Why then is the RAND at 18 when the inflation rate is more or less the same as in the United States? Yeah, but that only works over very long. Look, there's human emotions in the RAND. There's panic in the RAND. As I said earlier on, the RAND only spends 50% of its time trading within a reasonable gap to its fair value, a reasonable range relative to its fair value. It spends 70% of its time outside of a fair value range. So the RAND is volatile. And in the shorter term, there's panic in the RAND. People are panicking in the RAND. But I think the big panic is because of a commodity slowdown, not so much because of load shedding. You know, I I spoke to, well, I didn't speak to the person, but I listened to an interview with DRD Gold. And it's very interesting. They're not affected by load shedding. These big mines and these big, they, they've got a deal with Eskom called load reduction. Okay. So Eskom doesn't cut the power to their mines. What they say is, we at stage four now. You must reduce your consumption by ten percent. So they'll cut off unnecessary equipment. You know, maybe maybe shut down their processing plants a little bit. But the mines are the mines still operating. And this is the case with all the mining sectors. So the mining sector, you'll see checkers and pick and pay and Woolworths and Mr. Price, and they subject to load shedding as, as we know it. But the big mines in that are actually on this load reduction story where they don't actually shut the mine. They don't lose production. They just shut down unnecessary equipment 
to get their to get their consumption down by ten percent. So this load shedding is not a big factor for our exporters. I mean, Transnet's by far a bigger problem for our exporters than 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 than. And, and just before you go on about Transnet, you mentioned uh, that you listened to a DRD Gold interview, and DRD Gold came out with their results for the six months ended December, yes. and uh, the share price has fallen marginally. It's fallen by uh, around about a percent. You can't just switch off a mine and then turn it on again. There are safety issues. There, well, you, you have to go through all these procedures. You can't say, okay, I'm going to close shaft number three and we'll put it on tomorrow because Eskom has asked us to. It doesn't work like that. So that makes entire sense yes. what you've just said these are giant yeah. operations and, and they have to be managed and if escom is managing them then well done they're not managing anything else very well but if they're managing the big mines then great and also the big mines are starting to create their own private power generation yes. which is a great and thing for the future thing, that was another thing that um, drd gold said is that they've got 20 megawatts Hmm. Which I know is small in the bigger scheme of things, but they've got 20 megawatts coming on stream in three months' time, and in the, in the, and then in 12 months' time from then, they got 60 megawatts coming on. And I mean, DRD Gold ain't the biggest operation, eh? Nice. Where is it now? Is it still? I mean, it one's uh, doing this. I mean, DRD stands for in the old days Durban Rudaput Deep. Where is it now? No, is it Rudaput still on the Lopper, East Rand? The Rudaput. Yes, it's got Ergo is still in the East Rand Golden Uranium Company. All those old names from the 70s are there. Yeah, Ergo used to be listed separately, didn't it? Yes, yes. Ergo used to be listed separately. And uh, DRD's nickname was the Rodeport Rocket. Yeah. Highly geared went, to the went. gold price. Up, up uh, or down, up or down, but exactly. when it went, it went. I can remember the late um, Dr. Clive Roffey, who was a technical analyst, and you'd either loved him or yeah, you hated him. Uh, he, he always used to say, I remember once I interviewed him, and it was about seven, eight rand a share or something. He said it's going to 50 rand a share. And he was so convincing that you couldn't help but like him. Of course, he was wrong. God rest his soul. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah, DRD, interesting one. And on the other side of things as well, when it comes to gold today, if you ever look at um, Anglo Gold Ashanti, they also came out with some numbers, and the market participants haven't liked it a bit. I'm just sort of scrolling down here, see if I can find. Uh, here we go. Anglo Gordashanti trading statement. Share price down nearly 6%, Wayne. Gold out of favour at the moment. Yes. Look, I mean, I, I, as you well know, I'm not a big gold fan. I, mm. and, and maybe that's wrong. But my history or my experience with gold Yes. is that it's not a long-term investment. It's a trading opportunity. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's really not a long-term. You don't buy it and put it in your portfolio. If you're lucky enough and catch it at the bottom and ride it up, you can have the most wonderful returns, truly wonderful returns. But over time, it hasn't been a good long-term investment at all, eh? So I'm not the world's biggest gold fan, and I don't, to be honest, don't really follow it all that much either. No. But, uh, you know, maybe I know they have had a run, and maybe this is just coming off the run. 
Maybe it is. You say you don't follow it, but obviously because you're a South African and also because you were born in a mining town, or brought up in a mining town, in other words, Kimberley, yeah. you keep an eye on the mining sector of the economy yeah. of South Africa. One thing that really stood out today, and I want to talk to you about it, and I normally wouldn't, Life Healthcare came out with a four-month trading yes. statement, share price up 13.5%. Look at that thing. Yes. Yeah. Look, it's always interesting to follow Let's call it market psychology for want of a better word. Okay. Right. So whenever you get a company comes out with a trading statement that's either not a six-month or one-year trading statement, you know it's either extremely good news or extremely bad news. In this case, it was extremely good news. So in other words, they wanted to tell the market – this good news, which was which was good news. So the SA operations did extremely well. The UK and Europe operations looked reasonable. I mean, they weren't fantastic as far as I could make out. So the SA operations were phenomenally good. Their occupancies went up very strongly, and now they are back occupancies. They are back to pre-COVID levels quite comfortably. And then they also announced that there's lots of people interested in buying their diagnostics business in Europe and the UK. Okay. And that's the reason why the shares up so strongly. Okay, seems to be a bit of an overreaction to me, but maybe it's coming off a low base. I haven't seen the graph recently, but um, uh, anyway. No, look, it's not – I wouldn't actually say this is a deep value share. You know, instead of – or a 15-odd price-earnings ratio. So, I mean, it's not expensive, but it's certainly not a four-price-earnings ratio. You know, it's not – so I wouldn't say it was significantly undervalued before this announcement, but clearly the market likes it. It really does, yeah. And maybe it's just a sleeping giant. And as I say, the low base effect, maybe people were short of it. Anyway, it's a very, very good move and it warrants attention. And there's one particularly large uh, fund manager in South Africa that looks at these sort of things as one of its pillars of its investment philosophy. And it says, if there's an upgrade in a trading statement of earnings potential or headline earnings per, per share projections. If it's better than that, then yeah. it immediately goes on their radar. And I must admit, their radar must yes. be pinging all over the place today because this was outstanding and much better than people yes. expected. Okay. Far better. Wayne, if you look at the S&P, I always use the S&P as my bedrock. It's a little bit dull at the moment. Yeah. It's mid-range, and I've been saying that to Shapiro for, for quite a while, and he concurs with me. In fact, he's the most depressed he's ever sounded to me uh, because nothing's really happening. You know, he feeds on excitement. You don't. You just get on with it. And Oh, yes. No, no, look, if you want to see a happy Shapiro, yeah. it's when Arsenal's doing well. Now, they are doing well. They're top of the, the league. Their gap at the top of the table is not maybe quite as big as what it was. It has narrowed. A little, as far as I understand. Yes. But when you want to see a happy Shapiro, mm -hmm. it's when Arsenal's doing well and we're in a bull market. Yeah, well, that's it. He'll explode. Are, there are no better <laughs> conditions for Shapiro. Okay, well, the all shares above 80,000. And tonight, Arsenal are at home to Manchester City. So it's first versus second, yes. Arsenal versus Man City. If Arsenal win tonight, I can promise you he'll be unplayable tomorrow. You won't be able to speak to no, him. No, he'll be jumping yeah, you through hoops. Yeah, you will, will be. 
Okay. He will be. Okay, let's talk he about... He will be Shapira. He will be. He'll be an exuberant young um, slip of a thing that we that we know and love. Now, Wayne, let's talk about food. Yeah. Because you remember last week I told you about me getting this steak and I had it minced up by the butcher and I made two burgers. I did the same, except this is different. I took uh, an Irish steak from the butcher. I had them mince it for me. And I've got myself capers, chopped, very finely chopped uh, onion in the form of a, a shallot, gherkins, very, very finely chopped as well, lots of salt and pepper, a little um, a, a Tabasco on the side here. I'm mixing all that stuff, all the minced Irish beef together with the capers and the gherkins and the onion and everything, mixing it all together and putting it on a plate, making a little hollow in the top, putting an egg yolk in it, some da- dashes yep. of uh, Tabasco, and tonight I'm having steak tartare, which to me is one of the world's great delicacies. That's yeah, lovely. Don't you love it? It truly is. I, I do love it. That sounds fantastic, I must say. Oh. Uh, you know, when I was a youngster, the idea of raw steak, it wasn't working. But I, I actually do love it now. I, I, I don't make it at home, but when you go out somewhere and it's, there and it's on the menu, Surprisingly enough, you see it quite often at breakfast buffets. But if I see it, I, I order it because it is truly delicious. It really is. Is there a restaurant? I mean, I think it's on Sand. No, not on Sandton Drive. If you, it's, it's just at the top of Ravoni Road. It was used to be owned by the people that own Classic FM. It's called Lucanar, which means the duck, obviously. I think. Uh, Lucanar, yeah. Is it still there? No, it's gone. Ah. No, no, that that whole building's gone. That's where the Rand Club opened up a northern branch, remember? Yeah. Because no one was going into their town branch. Um, Wendy Applebaum, I think, might have given them a bit of space there. Exactly right. It was and the Applebaum's up, owned, it, was owned just, it, yes. Yeah, the Applebaum's owned it, yeah. And, and they gave them a little bit of space there. And they essentially opened up a little bit of a library and a lounge. Relatively small so that the members didn't have to go into, well, they weren't going into the center of Joburg if they had another venue. Now, I went, Lucanard closed a long time ago. Okay. But when it was open, I went there often because it Me was too. a superb restaurant and the duck was <laughs> the best, obviously, Lucanard. Yeah. Yeah. The duck was the best ever. They it somehow was. got it just right with the, with the, um, the skin crispy. The crispy skin on the outside and the that, succulent meat underneath. And that yeah. thin, la- and that thin oh. layer of fat underneath. No, that, it was delicious because I, I really like duck. Me too. But duck is either extremely good or extremely bad. Yeah. I've had, unfortunately, a few bad ducks where it's just dry. Yeah. They cook it too but, much. But and the, they cannot could do it. It was just, it was just fantastic. Oh, gosh, I'm hungry now. Uh, Wayne, any stories from you this week? What have you had? Yes, I've got an interesting story. Go on then. The world's biggest rugby fan on Monday night. Oh, sorry, not something. The world's biggest rugby fan on Monday night (laughs) uh, said, "Well, we'll have a little. We're not big on Valentine's Day and that sort of stuff." Uh, Nonsense! You're a romantic at heart. No, no, we're not really big on it. Every day is Valentine's Day at home, as as I say to her. Every day is Valentine's Day. Yeah. Okay. Go on. So I've got I've got two I've got actually got 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 two 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 stories. Let me tell the first one. Yes, please. Um, she said, "No, we'll do a little bit of a Valentine's dinner on Monday night. You know, Valentine's Eve dinner." 
and she ordered from Checkers 6060 online. Yeah. They've got this new gourmet range. I cannot remember its name now, but essentially where they're trying to take on Woolworths. Yes. And I love beef wellingtons. There's a restaurant in Bryanston called Casa de Sol. Mm. They do a beef wellington to die for. It takes a bit of time to prepare. It takes them about 40 minutes to do it. And it's not cheap, but it is well worth the money. It is fantastic. All right. So anyway, so this Checkers Gourmet range, they had pulled beef, pulled beef wellingtons. So we bought some. They were fantastic. Really? They, they somehow got the... The onion, the, the 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 mushrooms right, the onions right, the gravy right. It was it was really good. But the best thing they got right was they had butter pastry on the outside. That when you stuck it in the oven, and you put it in in for the thirty five or forty minutes or however long it was, yes. it came out crispy and fluffy and flaky with lots of laminates in it, and the taste was just too delicious. The right amount of mustard in the sauce. It was as good, literally, for one quarter the price. It was as good as what you get at Casa de Sol for a beef wellington. Okay. And, and I love beef wellingtons. So well, there's, a for, a, there's a lesson for you. Great. Okay. It was great. Well done, checkers. Literally eating Woolworths' dinner in this case. Uh, but yeah, what, what dinner, slightly yeah. disturbs me is that you and the world's greatest rugby fan, your partner, she has managed to extend Valentine's Day over a two-day period. So on Monday the 13th, it was Valentine's Day Eve, and you had the Beef Eve, Wellington, yeah, yeah. and then she extended it to the 14th, which is the real day, and I really couldn't care less yeah. about Valentine's Day, but I'm interested yeah, in other people's attitudes toward it. What did you do on, on yeah, the 14th? Not, I mean, we didn't, we didn't do nothing at, 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 at all. And the reason why we did nothing is that I, I go to a fairly regular meeting every quarter. There's a meeting I go to every quarter. Yeah. And there's always one in February. And for maybe it's just pure coincidence, in, over the last couple of years, a f quite a few of our February meetings were on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Now, the company that that hosts this meeting, um, the, 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 the secretary there is very good at catering so we get nice food and we always get little little chocolates and little fancy things to nibble away at during the meeting so it's very nice to go there and on on previous occasions for valentine's we've always got little hearts and little valentine goodies you know little snackies and mm. little tokens you know but a, but a, a nice in other words a proper valentine's theme so i've always i always knew that on the 14th if this meeting was on, that I would get some Valentine goodies at this meeting, and then I'll just take it home and give them to the world's biggest rugby fan, and I didn't have to worry about actually going out and buying any myself. So you're a cheapskate, or, you know, in other making, words, when it comes yeah, to romance. Yeah. In, yeah, other yeah. Words, okay. in other words, uh, that's fine. In other words, taking 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 advantage of of the of the of the of the windfall of the freebie. <laughs> this year they had nookies. Valentine's related. Well, what did you say? Nicky's? What, what is they that? They gave us very nice food. They gave us very, very nice food at lunchtime. We had oh, French onion soup. Oh. 
too delicious for words. Did they have the cheese? Did they have the, the, the cheese and the and they, the bread they, and everything on the top, they, they and then you it, delve surprising into it. Enough, they did it slightly. They did it. I, I think non-traditional. Oh. So in other words, there was the there was the onion and the soup, but then they actually put in little slivers of chicken into it. And I know that's not how it should be done. No, it's not. And they put in some green and red peppers, little juliennes of green and red pepper into it. But even though it's not how it should be done, let me tell you, it was delicious. So anyway, so then on the way home, lucky enough, I went past the spa, and they were totally gone out of Valentine stuff, but they had some of those, you know, those hard-crusted little Easter egg eggs. Yeah. You know, the ones that come in the six-pack that look like eggs. Right. So, so I bought the world's biggest rugby fan. We sat and ate those eggs last night. So that was our actual Valentine's Day. I don't see what eggs are going to do with Valentine's Day anyway. It's more of a sort of an egg hunt on it's, East, it's, it's, Easter as, weekend or as, something. As we say, it's the thought that counts. Yeah, it's great thought. You stop at a, a spa and get what they've got left. That's yeah. a really nice romantic thought, yeah. Ren. Yeah, well, well, the world, the world's biggest rugby fan ordered something on Checkers 6060, and it was very nice, and she liked the eggs I bought her as well, so it was all good. Well, I think she came out on top in, in that before, regard. Yeah, anyway. That's just Every me. Every day is Valentine's Day. Oh, please, so. you're making me feel nauseous now. Every day. I is love it that you and the world's listen, biggest rugby fan are in. you want Valentine's oh. Day? Every day is Valentine's yeah, yeah. Day. Okay, well, this is where we curtail this interview. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FMB Wealth and Investment. And that was Wayne on Wednesday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.